0: Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Above the Rim podcast. This is going to be a bonus episode. I don't usually do them on the weekends, but... I'm not doing much today, so I thought, why not? A perfect time to talk about it here today, talk about some NBA. Of course, it is a beautiful Saturday because we've got basketball games on all day long, and anytime that happens, it's a glorious Saturday, so I can't wait for that to get started. But we do have some breaking news right off the bat here, and that is that Kawhi Leonard will not play today against the Blazers. Now, obviously, this shouldn't come as a shock as he's on a second night of back-to-back. Obviously, Kawhi doesn't do back-to-back, so no shocker here, but I am starting to catch on on what's happening. We see what's going on with that Western Conference. Look, a few nights ago, the Nuggets played the Blazers. We know the Blazers are coming. They're rocking and rolling for that eight seed. They want that first-round matchup with the Lakers, and we all know what the Lakers are doing. They're struggling mightily right now, so a lot of chinks in the armor that teams are seeing. And you saw it with the Nuggets against the Blazers. The Nuggets resting four of their top eight players. Basically, just gifting the Blazers the win, you know what I mean. And Clippers, look, they're gonna do the same thing. Kawhi out today, look, Blazers, why don't you win this game? Because everyone in the West wants the Blazers to play the Lakers in the first round, because not that they think that they'll beat the Lakers, but It'll certainly be one tough out for the Lakers. Definitely a lot tougher than it would have been if they would have had to play somebody like the Memphis Grizzlies or somebody like that. So, look, we see what's going on. These teams are trying to push the Blazers into that eighth seed so they could hopefully take a little bit out of the Lakers' by the time the playoffs get going, by the time things really get going, which will be about the second round. So, look, they want the Lakers to have a bad first round. They want them to have a tough first round, take a little take a little energy out of LeBron, a little energy out of Anthony Davis. So we see what's going on here. We're not dumb. We see what they're doing. And, look, really, I can't knock it. Look, it's a, it's a smart strategy for other contending teams because the Blazers are a tough out. Look, the Mavs are sitting at that seven seed, but right now it's clear to me that the Blazers – are a lot better than the Mavs, so they're a a real good eight seed. One of the best ever, probably, if they get in there. I mean, they got everyone healthy. I mean, Carmelo Anthony's playing like a baller. Nurkic is back, and he's balling. Damian Lillard is in a groove in the bubble. Like I always say, Dame has got the dollars, so we see what's going on here. Expect the Blazers to probably win this one today as the Clippers want them to, but I do want to get into some Damian Lillard because... I think it's far time that we stop overlooking this guy. I think right now, right here, today, right now. Obviously, Curry's not in the playoffs, so he kind of exits that conversation for now. We'll see what he does next year. But for now, just like we said last year when LeBron was out of the playoffs, he's not the best player in the world. Kawhi was last year because LeBron wasn't in. And then this year, he'll have his chance to prove himself into the playoffs much like that Steph will have a chance to prove himself next year but right now we have got to give Damian Lillard his due and his respect right now he is the best point guard in the NBA yes I said it he is the best point guard in the NBA the thing that this guy does is just incredible and he's got Steph Curry range I mean no one can shoot the three like Curry and Damian Lillard they can shoot it from half court and it almost looks effortless but it goes in every time and you're talking about someone that's just so clutch look I get it we don't talk about him much he's up in the Pacific Northwest he's up there in Portland Portland doesn't get talked about but it's time to give this man his due he is the best point guard in the NBA and put some respect on his name now look we all know Dame is a bad man we all know this but Now that teams are trying to get the Blazers to play the Lakers, the next question becomes, should the Lakers be concerned about the Trail Blazers? And look, I think to a certain degree, because they have guys that have proven it in the past. Look, Damian Lillard in the playoffs, he's a baller. He's a certified baller. He's hit buzzer beaters. He's had big series before, so he's not new to this. You know what I mean? So in a way, you got to be a little worried. But overall, the Lakers shouldn't worry. And I think a lot of teams, look, you're playing with fire. Because one thing that the Blazers and Lakers, if they do get together in that first round, one thing it'll allow LeBron to do is it's going to allow LeBron to get in playoff rhythm, which we haven't seen in the bubble yet. But you give him the Blazers, they... Have absolutely nobody that's going to guard LeBron. Nobody that's going to keep him out of the paint. He's going to muscle his way into the lane. He's going to dominate that series if it does indeed happen. So that's why I say you play with a little bit of fire. Maybe you would want LeBron to play a little bit tougher matchup so he doesn't get going. But if you play the Blazers, look, nobody's stopping LeBron. It's going to be a runaway freight train to the hoop. I mean, who's going to guard him? Who are you going to have guard LeBron James if you're the Trailblazer? Gary Trent Jr. Please, no thank you. I just heard of this guy in the bubble this year. You're not guarding LeBron James. Who's next? Carmelo Anthony, Skinny Mellow, Hoodie Mellow, doesn't matter what Mellow it is. He can't guard LeBron James. He never has been able to, and he's not going to be able to now at this advanced stage. So I think it is playing with fire a little bit. I don't think the Lakers need to be concerned, and I think it's funny watching all these shows where everyone goes, oh, the Lakers really need to be concerned about the Trailblazers. They really do. No, they don't. They really don't. I'm not concerned about it. The Lakers shouldn't be concerned about it. I don't think they are concerned about it, even though the Blazers, look, we know what they are. They're a good team. They can give a lot of teams headaches, but LeBron will just be too much for that squad in the playoffs if they do indeed play. So nothing to worry about there all right and with that out of the way I kind of want to switch gears here to the east side of things I haven't really talked too much of the east side of things because everything going on with that eighth seed in the west is just so interesting in the bubble not much really going on in the east no one's really fighting for a playoff spot all those teams are set and locked in but I do want to talk about the 76ers because of those you who know of course Ben Simmons is out indefinitely dislocated his kneecap now look out indefinitely i don't know what that means to me it means it doesn't really sound promising that he'll be in the playoffs expect at least not the first round i don't think anyway they haven't made any decisions or announcements on that but i don't think that looks good but i think it's time for the 76ers it's time for us to ask do they need to split up ben simmons and Joel Embiid? and look to me the answer is very simple and it's a simple yes for a plethora of reasons look No one's saying that these guys aren't talented. Obviously, you'd be lying if you said that, and you wouldn't know basketball. They are very, very talented. But this is the problem with these two. They do not complement each other's game at all. You look at the other duos in the league. Look, LeBron and AD, they complement each other's games. Kawhi and Paul George, they complement each other. Ben Simmons and Embiid do not complement each other's games. And the reason why is Ben Simmons has not worked on a jump shot. I don't know how many years and how many times we have need to have this discussion to get him to get a jump shot. I mean, it is past time. It's been years. And the fact that he doesn't have one, look, you can't have Joel Embiid, who spends all his time in the paint usually. That's where he's most effective anyway. He's kind of useless on the perimeter. But having him in the paint, then Ben Simmons has no room to operate, which is what he does is he drives the ball and he gets layups. But if Joel Embiid's clogging the paint, then he can't do that. And that's why they just don't complement each other. I've seen enough. The chemistry isn't there between them. It never has been. It never really looked good in my eyes. Like They've been talented enough to kind of overcome and make things look better than they really are. But these guys really have no business being on the same team together. And they this is the thing about Embiid and Simmons. Look, they have the characteristics that you do not want out of the leader of your basketball team and one of those is none of them are a leader like who is the leader of the 76ers nobody knows because it's obviously not Embiid and it's obviously not Ben Simmons and when you have your two best players that aren't the leader of your ball club you're asking for disaster you're not going to win anything that way your best players have got to be the leaders on the team and they've got to hold people accountable And Embiid and Simmons, they don't hold people accountable. And part of that problem is that nobody holds them accountable. Look, Brett Brown, I think it's time for him to go. If you're not going to split up Embiid and Simmons, then you've got to get rid of Brett Brown. You've got to get a seasoned coach in there, someone that can really lay the hammer on these guys and get on them and demand more because Brett Brown doesn't demand anything of them. And it's clear to me that Embiid and Simmons don't demand anything of their teammates. And also, look, let's just look at Embiid. He's still immature. He's got that immaturity. Look, going up to the bubble in a hazmat suit. I mean, come on, dude. Really? Like, if you were that worried, you should have just opted out. You should have just opted out. It's just immaturity. It's look at me, look at me, and that's who Embiid is. And then with Simmons, it's lack of confidence and no work ethic. Now, look, I don't know his work ethic. I see the videos in the offseason of him always, you know, doing jump shots and and making them. You know, he likes to get everybody real hype, like, ooh, look at Brent Simmons. You know, he's fucking shooting threes now. He's getting it. He's getting it. He's working on it. And then when the game comes, he's got 10 feet of space, and uh, he's not going to pull the trigger, so... You know, I mean, to me, that just shows me that you're not working on your jump shot. You don't care about your jump shot and that you just have a lack of work ethic. And when your two best players have these sorts of problems, it's not going to work. Look, to me, it's time to split them up. If I'm the Sixers, I think I'd keep Embiid and I would ship Simmons and I would surround Embiid with shooters. And same thing with Simmons. Wherever Simmons go, surround him with shooters. He's the same type of way. Because they both need to play down by the painted area and just both of them. There's just no room for both of them down there on the same team. So definitely look, they've underachieved for years in my opinion. Last year, you can say what you want. They did lose to the Raptors and it did have a bounce. The Kawhi lucky bounce shot there in game seven, but... Either way, that was with Jimmy Butler, you know. Jimmy Butler brought that toughness and he was the leader. When Jimmy Butler was there last year, you looked at the Sixers and you said Jimmy Butler is the leader of this ball club right now. They don't have a leader. I mean, I thought it would be Al Horford possibly. Obviously not, though. They don't have a leader. Both guys have underachieved. 76ers quit playing around. It's time to break this thing up. Look, we've seen enough of Embiid and Simmons It's time to split them up, but now let's switch gears here to another East team, another dynamic duo, but this duo we haven't seen played together at all, and I do want to talk about something that not a lot of people are talking about that I actually want to dive into because I think it's interesting, and that is... Did Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving make a mistake not coming back for the bubble? Look, we all saw the videos before the bubble. Kevin Durant was looking good, dude. He was looking like KD again. I mean, he was slicing and dicing. He was hitting threes. Uh, He looked real good in those workout videos. Looks like that Achilles healed up just fine. And look, a lot of people wondering, is he going to be the same player? The dude's seven feet tall. Nobody can block his jump shot. Who cares if he has the same athleticism? He's still going to shoot right over the top of everybody. And he's still going to average 30 in his sleep. That's what he does. He rolls out of bed and he goes and gets you 30. That's Kevin Durant. Not a lot of people with that type of talent in the NBA, but that is KD. That is one bad man. And look, I think he made a mistake. There's not many times in a career you have a chance to really up your legacy. And I think Kevin Durant coming back this year And if they did something, which look, the East is kind of wide open. You got Ben Simmons that just got hurt. So you can kind of cancel out the 76ers. They're not going to do anything. And then you got teams like the Raptors, which of course are really good. The Celtics really good. And then the Bucks with Giannis. I mean, I could totally see if KD and Kyrie played, I could see them making a run. And that's why I think it was a mistake because what would it have done? Just ask yourselves, what would it have done for KD's legacy to make a run in the bubble and possibly win a championship? You talk about him with the Warriors, everyone hated that. Everyone doesn't want to give credit to his championships, even though he was finals MVP, even though he balled out. Everyone likes to discredit him. So you want to know a big way to put it in people's face is if he came back this year without the Warriors, a whole new squad, a whole new partner in crime, not named Steph Curry, this one in Kyrie Irving. And if he won the title, are you kidding me? His... His legacy would skyrocket. He would instantly be in the top five players of all time, in my opinion. And he he would get his recognition for sure. People would acknowledge how great of a player Kevin Durant is. So I think he missed out on an opportunity, you know? I really do. There's not many, like I said, not many times in someone's life you get an opportunity to really up your legacy, especially basketball players. You're talking about careers that are so short. You only get a handful of these opportunities. And I just think it was a mistake because I'm looking at the East right now in the bubble and I'm like, damn, if KD and Kai replayed, I mean, and KD looked like KD. I mean, come on now. I think I might be taking the Nets to get to the finals. (laughs) I really do. I really, really do. That team is that good. That team is that deep. And with those two in the fold, yeah, they're going to have, they're going to create problems for everybody including Milwaukee so I think it's a big mistake I think it would have been a big legacy jump for Kevin Durant but hey to each his own if he didn't feel ready to play yet then that's fine with me I just look at it as kind of a missed opportunity for him and what he could do for his legacy and not only him look Kyrie Irving's got a legacy too all right he's got a legacy with LeBron James And then a legacy without LeBron James. And let me tell you, without LeBron James, it's been ugly. It's been a catastrophe. I mean, you got the flat earth. Let's not even get into that. He thinks the earth's flat. Everyone knows that. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. That was post LeBron. (laughs) And then you have the Celtics. And that was, don't even, we don't even need to talk about what a disaster that was. That was post LeBron. And then this year with the Nets didn't really go well. You know, people questioning his leadership and things of that nature. And that's post LeBron. So, I would make an argument that Kyrie has a lot to play for in terms of his legacy as well. What it would mean for him if he were able to win a championship with Kevin Durant as his side after he won one with LeBron James. Then I think he would get a little more acknowledgement and a little more credit as well. So look, both of those guys could have been playing for something big. Obviously, we'll have to wait to see them next year. Maybe it's just me being selfish because we haven't seen them play together. God, I really want to see what it looks like because I think those two... They can put on a show, man. You want to talk about prime time, box office, take my money, watch these guys. That is KD and Kyrie. They're the type of guys you go to the park to go watch play. You do anything to watch these guys play. They are that bad on the court. KD and Kyrie, I mean, they're coming. They're going to be a problem next year. It just sucks we don't get to see it this year. I think they might have missed an opportunity to really up their legacy. Now, speaking of legacies, ESPN and the NBA have just announced the three finalists for the MVP award, and for those of you that haven't seen it yet, it is, of course, LeBron James, the GOAT, in my opinion, and then you have Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden. Look, all three of these guys are going to be playing in the playoff bubble for their legacies, definitely, especially James Harden. I don't know if there's any one player that winning a title could do more for their legacy than James Harden, so... You know, you got those three guys. Those are, the, I agree with those finalists. I think maybe Chris Paul should have got a little bit of love. I mean, he, everyone thought he was done, but what he's done with the Thunder this year has been nothing short of incredible, especially since we all thought, I know I did the Thunder, we're going to suck, but obviously not. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they actually have a pretty good seed in there. So I think CP3 deserves some love. I definitely think Anthony Davis deserved a little more love. I think he deserved to be a finalist, but hey, whatever. To each his own, we still got James Harden, Giannis, and LeBron. Look, if you're going to ask me, I think you already know where I'm going with this. LeBron should be MVP. I know what Giannis did. I know you can do all that. You can do all that if you want. You can. I know. Giannis is incredible, and he's only getting better. And believe me, when LeBron is done, this is going to be Giannis onto the Kumpo's league for the near future. I mean, this guy is coming. He is a freight train, and he's scary, man. You look at just the genetics of him, how long he is how muscular he is, he's just, he's a freak, man, that's why they call him the Greek freak, he is a freak of nature, and trust me, his time is coming, but if you want to talk about this MVP award, look, to me, It's got to be LeBron James. We're talking about 17 years in the NBA, 17 years of excellence, 17 years of just ratings where everyone tunes in to watch one guy. Look, not a lot of people like NBA basketball, but the ones that do watch it here now or every now and then, excuse me, are the ones that only watch LeBron James. There are people who are like, I don't like the NBA, but hey, you know, when LeBron's on, I'll watch. And that's just what he does. And then when you talk about what he's done at age 35, gray beard and all, I know he hides it with that just for men. We all know he does, but we saw it in the bubble. It is gray. And with that gray beard and all, the things that he's done this year with that Lakers squad is nothing short of spectacular. And you also have to factor in, look at what the, the pressure of playing for the Lakers and then having Kobe Bryant die, God rest his soul things like that, all this pressure mounting on him, the revenge season, everyone saying he's washed. For him to come in this year and do what he's done is incredible. It is incredible. And look, you might be saying, well, you just want to give him the award, just like kind of like a lifetime achievement. Well, Yeah, that has some part of it, but I think that's also okay when you've done this for 17 years. And when you're in your 17th year in the league and nobody's done this before, nobody has established this type of longevity in the league, but LeBron has. That's sustained excellence. And I think that deserves to be rewarded. And look, I'm not sure. I don't know if it would do much for his legacy. I think, honestly, this MVP award would do the least for LeBron's legacy. It would do more for Giannis' and James Harden's, for sure. But you know, I just think think LeBron's the guy. He's the guy. I think he's earned this MVP trophy. Look, he's been snubbed on MVPs in the past. It always happens in the NBA. There's one player that rattles off a lot of MVPs, and then they should win a few more, but people just get sick of voting for him. Look, it's probably going to end up happening to Giannis down the stretch. But Look, you can't really argue with what LeBron has done this year. The the things that he's been able to do, I think averaging like 25 and 10, leading the league in assists, leading the league in assists in his 17th year, still putting up 25, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. LeBron James, that's my MVP. End of discussion there. That's who I got. But honestly, I won't be mad if Giannis wins. I think we all know James Harden's not going to be the MVP, but I wouldn't be mad if Giannis wins. I totally understand it. I just think it should be LeBron's this year. Well, alright, I think that'll just about do it for this episode of Above the Rim here. It is Saturday, August 8th. Now, of course, don't forget the eighth seed race in the West still going on. It goes on tomorrow as well. Don't forget you got the Blazers playing the Clippers today. Definitely look for that. And also don't tomorrow you got the Grizzlies. Oh, damn it. Fuck that up. Yeah, I want to redo that. <laughs> Fuck that one up, bad. Well, all right. And with that, I think this is a good place to end the podcast here. This is the Above the Rim podcast. It is Saturday, August 8th. This was a bonus episode. Don't forget the eighth seed race still continues. It continues today. Watch out for the Blazers and the Clippers. Of course, as I said, Kawhi Leonard not playing. And then it also continues tomorrow with three games, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, and then you got the Spurs versus the Pelicans. Look, the Pelicans, I didn't talk about them today because they already waved the white flag. Williamson didn't play last night. They're already done. Looks like they're not even trying to get in the playoffs anymore, so whatever. And then you also have the 76ers and the Blazers. Look, Blazers get another break. Ben Simmons is out, so Blazers definitely look good going for that eight spot. Definitely looking good there. So don't forget here, watch the games here today. And, of course, if you like this podcast, definitely give it a follow, share it around with your friends, tell your friends, and join in on the discussion. Thank you, guys, and until next time. Thank you, guys, and until next time.